And I want to thank our lead pastors, Joshua and Kyra Rennie. Can we celebrate our lead pastors? If they did not say yes to this vision, we would not be here in this beautiful, uh, this beautiful house of God. So we thank you so much, pastors. Thank you for the opportunity. And can we also celebrate our new guests and our online family for being here? So good. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to get into our week three of lifestyle. And as I mentioned earlier, we're in week two of our 21 days of fasting and prayer. And we've been able to really just gather a whole lot. We've had our, we have, we've had two morning prayer sessions so far, and I hope that you've been blessed. I hope that you've been able to make it out. But if not, don't worry about it. We have one more that's happening this Saturday, and I know that it's going to encourage and build up your faith. And when it comes to our series, we're in lifestyle. And what this series is all about is how our rhythms form our future. And so with week one, we went through the rhythm of prayer. And we were able to talk about the importance of connecting with God through prayer. Week two, we went through the rhythm of God's word. And we were able to go through how to intake and approach the word of God. And with this specific weekend, it was actually powerful. I loved it. Pastor Joshua led our morning prayer. And what he did was he encouraged us to bring these in. This is a Bible, okay? And so what he did was he told us, bring our Bibles. And so what I want to do now is I want to ask you, if you have your Bible, wave it in the air. I love that. So good. Hey, we're not a house of shame, though. So if you do not have your Bible, that's totally okay. We do encourage you to bring one in. And if you don't have one, please visit our Connect Here area in the lobby after our service. We would love to get one for you because it is very important to have this in your life. And so for week three, what we're going to do is we're going to get into the rhythm of gathering. This is going to be our final week of this series, and it's going to be super powerful. So I encourage you to strap on your seatbelt. Everybody strap on your seatbelt. I promise it'll get you a little warmth. Lock in, all right? <laughs> we're in a great car right now. Um, but we're going to be talking about gathering. And so what this is going to entail is gathering in the context of church in groups and really gathering with your fellow body of believers, even in the context of serving. Okay. And so what I have been able to see when it came to preparing this message is I found four groups of people who gather. Okay. Um, at least three that gather. Okay. So the first one is the a group of people is they don't believe that gathering is needed. I have one person in mind within my family that he is absolutely, I don't need it. I don't want it. And that's literally the face that he makes. No judgment there, right? <laughs> the second group is they can be, be indifferent about gathering. Um, one, on one side, they love it. Um, one, one day they love it, they're gathering. But the next, they'll turn around and say, oh, you know what? I'm not going to go today. I don't really feel like it. Um, another group is gathering is 100% needed. In my life, I need it. And the thought of not getting together and gathering is truly upsetting for this group of people. And the fourth is we don't gather enough. So this is the type of group that they don't like the fact that there's three morning prayers. They want us to continue in February and March and April. And they love the idea of gathering Saturdays at 10 a.m. every Saturday. Uh, and so this is that group. But regardless of all of that, there is a context of gathering, and we want to talk about it today. We want to let you know the importance of 
gathering, okay? And so today's going to be great. It's going to be practical. And what we hope is that you leave encouraged and wanting to instill this rhythm of gathering within your life. Sounds good? So before we get any further, we're going to pray. All right, we're going to pray. And what I also would love for you to do is get ready to take some notes. And if you're not ready, get ready to take some notes, okay? All right, so let's pray together. Uh, Father God, we thank you so much, Lord, for just the fact that we're here together, God, that we're able to come to your house house, Lord, and, and gather and learn more about you. So we're praying, Father, that you would meet us, God, that we would leave here today with a desire um, to operate within your design of gathering for us. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Awesome. All right, so get your notes ready, and we're going to get started. So the title of today's message is The Rhythm of Gathering. Someone say gathering. Gathering. Awesome. And so the definition of gathering, I love definitions, I love details, I love breaking things down as much as possible, so you're going to follow with me here, right? The definition is a bringing or coming together of people in a group for a specific purpose, a specific purpose. And when thinking about this definition, I thought about my own life and the context that I had with gathering. And so I thought about way back how at a young age I gathered when I was probably in elementary school uh, with my family. I would always go to house parties that we had, basement parties that we had. Uh, I even asked my mom about this. I'm like, mom, you remember these days, right? (laughs) And um, she would, you know, we would go to family gatherings, um, friend gatherings, even her friends. And I remember the music, the oots, oots, oots music, um, the hips, right? The bachata, the merengue, all of those gatherings. And as I got older, I continued in that with my friends, right? And what I remembered is even getting older, getting into coffee within these gatherings. And I'm Spanish, so I'm Puerto Rican. I'm from New York, New Yorkan. We love our coffee with milk and sugar, Butelo brand, not any, exactly, Butelo. <laughs> um, and we just love our coffee. And then you dip the soda brand crackers in the coffee. If you don't know about it, look it up. I don't even think that Keebler makes those anymore, but soda brand crackers. Um, and I remember just enjoying that social gatherings for that, that social purpose. Um, and as I got older, you know, I get, got into the, the clubbing with my friends and connections and brunches. And it was great, right? The, the idea of gathering to catch up with friends, to connect with friends, to laugh with friends and family, it was truly great. And what I do remember too, though, is that I found that there was somewhat of a gap. Like I loved those gatherings, but there was a dopamine rush that came from that and eventually it wavered off and I was going to be in need of another one. And so I felt that longing that, okay, there, there needs to be something else that comes in. And I remember one day my mother invited me to church. She called me up and she said, Megan, I would love for you to come. And I said, okay. And I brought my 19 year old self in my car and I drove to church and I'll tell you right now, I'm so glad that I did. And it truly changed the trajectory of my life. So my gathering began to look different now. And what I love is, and what I've realized is that God created me for you and he created you for me. And if we look at the beginning of time, he created Adam, but then who came shortly after Eve? 
And I know that our minds are going to go to, well, yeah, that was his wife. He, he made his wife for him. But that really wasn't the only reason why he brought Eve, okay? So what I want you to go and turn is to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And we're going to have also this available to you on the screens. But if you have your Bible, open it up with me, okay? And what we see here, we're going to read, is that God didn't want Adam to be alone, okay? So let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And we're going to read. It says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Now let's go down to verse 18. It says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. And that's it. Don't read on. We're not getting into the spouse part. <laughs> okay. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. So he didn't create Eve just for a helpmate and a spouse. No. He created Eve so he wouldn't be alone. So man was formed, and it wasn't long before God placed man with people. And what we see here within the text is that God didn't design us to live isolated. Right. Yeah. But his intent is for us to flourish and gather in community. Yeah, yeah. His intent is for us to flourish and gather. That was his design for us, okay? And so what does the gathering look like? It's gathering here as we are. Mm -hmm. It's gathering throughout the week together. It's gathering and making a difference together. Serving, pushing kingdom his pushing his kingdom forward together. Okay? And so I have a main text that I want us to get into. And what we're going to see here is this really really come to life. All right? So we're going to go in the book of Hebrews. And Hebrews was written to elevate Christ, okay? To point everything back to him and to challenge us to to be faithful to this man, to Jesus, okay? And what, what they want us to point back to is because of what we believe we have in Christ and what he's done for us, this is what we can then be encouraged in, okay? So let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 to, through 25. I'm going to have the Good News translation, but you can read along with whatever translation you have. And it says this in verse 23. It says, Let us hold on firmly to the hope we profess. Because we can trust God to keep his promise. Let us be concerned for one another to help one another to show love and to do good. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage one another all the more since you see that the day of the Lord is coming near. So let's let that settle. There's instruction in here. Okay? Now my question is, how can we do all of this if we don't incorporate a rhythm of gathering? So how can we hold on firmly to the hope we profess? How can we be concerned for one another? How can we help one another? How can we encourage if we don't incorporate a rhythm of gathering into our lives? And I've also come to find that I can be home alone with this word by myself, 
but that's not the design, mm-hmm. right? The design is people. Yeah. It's to be with people. And so we reach our fullest poten- potential when we're experiencing life with people. In my notes, I have with bolded because it is super important. Okay, and so what we're going to talk about with gathering, what I want to provide to you is what are the benefits of it? I know that for us, there, within us, there's always that, well, what do I get from that? Why should I gather? I understand that you're telling me the importance of it, but what do I get from it? Well, I'm going to tell you what you get from it, okay? I have three benefits of gathering, and they're pretty great. So the first one is powerful worship. You experience powerful worship. How was worship for you this morning? Awesome. I agree. And I'll share with you personally a time that I had in worship last year. I'm not going to tell you when exactly last year. But last year I had this moment, and I'll tell you, it, tra- it changed the trajectory of my personal worship. So one day I came in here into our house, and I remember walking into my seat, and I just stood there. Worship was going on. You see the lyrics up there for us. Worship is killing it. Our worship team. And I'm standing there, and probably literally like this, reading the lyrics on the screen. Like literally just reading them. And there was no passion. There was no praise. I was tired. And I'm pretty sure that we can all attest to that. Like you've walked in here tired. You've walked places tired. Like we're, we're tired. It's a thing. But when it comes to our God, we, we can't approach him that way. And so two things happened, literally in that moment. One, I felt the Lord impress on me, is this what I deserve? And it was a gentle way. You know how the, if you know the Lord, right? right? You know how it's just gentle. And two, I personally knew, I personally knew that I, I wasn't showing him what I deserved. And so I, I was literally standing there reading, and I just felt like, ooh, he doesn't deserve this. And I'll tell you, that's the day that I started jumping. Amen. And Pastor talks, talked about it. I don't know if you were here for probably two times he mentioned it. But um, how there's like a little person in the front <laughs> jumping like this. If you see them, that's Megan. Um, that's the day that I started jumping. And I'm not a jumper. I do not. I'm telling you right now. I am not a jumper. I don't, I don't want to say act out in worship because that's not what, it's, what, we, what we should say. But I don't show in that way. But when God has been so good in your life, it doesn't matter what you are or what you do. It's who he is. And so I'll tell you, that day personally changed my worship. And I jump every time. And I'll tell you this too. The reason why I jump is because if I feel tired, Jumping gets me out of it. So, I hope to see you jumping. (laughs) But I do also want to tell you about someone specifically that when I look at their worship and I look at their praise, it is so inspiring. And you probably know this person. They are a volunteer here. Um, But I think about Rhoda. And she 
one of our amazing and faithful volunteers here. Yes. And if you don't know her, you can meet her at Connect Here. You can meet her in a prayer spot. Um, but she is truly, she's faithful. And what I will tell you is, when she prays, she prays. And when she worships, she sings. She don't sing, she sings. Okay? And what I've noticed about that about like that worship portion is that she releases the goodness of God. Yeah. So I'll give you a little like example, okay? When she says, He picked me up. What does she do? She turns around. <laughs> right? She does more because of what God has done within her life. And we need more of that. But why? How can we get more of that? By gathering. And that, I'll tell you, is infectious. It's infectious. When Thanksgiving and that awareness of God's goodness gets on the inside of you, it spreads to the rest of the room. Okay? And so I want us to go to Psalm 100. All right, we're going to go to Psalm 100 together. And we're going to read. This is just five verses. So I encourage you, get this in your heart. Memorize this. And we're going to see a great example, okay? So it says, starting at verse 1, Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people. The sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. Can we celebrate that church? If you believe it, let's celebrate. I love how it tells us how to come in our worship. And what I found is gathering brings an awareness of the goodness of God and the great privilege we have to worship him. That is what you experience. And personally, I've realized I can't come in here any type of way. Right. Follow me. I'm not saying you can't come in with pain. I'm not saying that you can't come in here wanting a miracle. I'm not saying that you can't come in here with worry and doubt. But what I am saying is that your flesh is going to feel uncomfortable being in here when you gather. And that's what you want. You want your flesh to be angry, to be upset, because you want your spirit to be filled. That's what you experience when you gather. Okay? So when we gather, we experience powerful worship. Point number two, as we continue in the benefits of gathering, is encouraging teaching. Say encouraging teaching. One of the things that I personally love about our church is the teaching. And it begins with our lead pastors. And it's the teaching that comes from this house. Super powerful. I want to turn to Exodus chapter 18, verse 20. It says this, teach them God's decrees and give them his instructions. Show them 
how to conduct their lives. I have personally had the honor and privilege of walking with our pastors for years, even prior to them being ordained. And they have personally been pastors to me even before that. But what I love about them is that they have such a hunger for the word of God. Such a hunger. In addition to that, they have such a hunger for seeing people know Jesus and see them experience true life. That's why the the teaching is so powerful. And so what I've learned is that nothing I have ever experienced has been, it's the, it's the house of God that I've been able to experience everything that I know. And that's what you want. You want to be able to grow in knowledge, in wisdom, in faith by gathering within your church, weekly gatherings, serving on your team. You want to be able to find that there. So there's a few things that I kind of want to list for us. So how can you be excellent? You can learn that within the house of God. You can learn that through gathering. Mm-hmm. How to be a great wife and husband. You should be able to learn that within this context. How to raise these kids. Come on now. You should be able to learn it here. That's right. Not anywhere else when you gather. How to heal. Mm. How to mourn. Yeah. How to fall but not live in shame. Yeah. Get back up. You should be able to learn that when you gather. Right. So when we gather, we're able to experience encouraging teaching that will prepare us to live our life as God intended us to live, right. not the world, right. how God intended us to live. So when we gather, we experience encouraging teaching. And the third benefit that we're going to get into is stronger faith. Someone say stronger faith. Stronger faith. In 2015, I made a decision to join the team, the Highlight Church team. And I moved from New York to Maryland with an amazing group of individuals to start Highlight Church. And I'll tell you now, I never thought that I was ever going to leave New York. So I'm a New Yorkerican, okay? And I... When you're in New York, you kind of feel like, oh, I'm never leaving this place, though a lot of people do leave. Um, But I'm glad that I left. And I wouldn't be able to be here with you today or even where I am in my life if I didn't make that decision and follow the call of God on my life. And the beautiful thing is that because of my obedience, that's what it was, obedience, I was able to experience such growth within my faith because I decided to gather. It's all going to get back together. All right. Courage sprung up in me because I placed myself, right? The word gathering meant bringing or coming together, bringing, you can bring yourself together. Mm -hmm. So allowing me to do that courage sprung up because I was surrounded by people who were like-minded. We both were in this together and we were intentional and I'll tell you, we, we rooted ourselves in church, we got involved, but we met a whole lot. So I talked about weekly, but we gathered like daily. <laughs> it was a whole lot, and it was exactly what we needed for our season. And so one of the things that I, or the people actually, that I thought about when preparing for this message was Peter. 
and he's one of the disciples. And you'll read on him. I encourage you to read in Matthew, in general Matthew, but specifically Matthew 14. And you'll see that within Matthew 14, Peter was on a boat. He was led to be on a boat. And he was able to be with his disciples, but then what, what occurred? If you know this, the winds and the waves came, right? And the great thing about Peter is that there was a portion where Christ instructed him to step out onto the water with him. But my question, and what I really thought about was, would Peter have been able to do that and to step out in that faith had he not had an intentional rhythm of gathering within his life? Would he have been able to step out in that faith? I don't think so. I don't think, I think if he did step out, he would have immediately dropped. And like Peter, for me personally, I didn't know what was fully ahead when I said yes and when I was obedient, but I didn't know what I saw. And what I saw was likeness. It was that I'm around people who will continue to help me move forward even when I don't want to, even when it's hard for me. And so the importance of gathering reminds you what you're called to, that you can trust in your God, and that you're not alone. So that's why it's important to incorporate this rhythm of gathering within your life. When we gather, we experience a stronger faith, an immovable faith. So I'm going to speak to you today. If you've been yearning for something different within your life, you want, you've want, you, you want it to look different, but you don't know how. You feel like there's a gap, like I felt. What are your next steps? What are your next steps? What is God calling you to? Are you allowing your circumstances to dictate your worship? Are you allowing fear to keep you from signing up for a group, for being involved in this church that you've been joining for a few months? What next steps do you need to take to surround yourself with people who are going to push you forward into everything that God has for your life? We all have a next step. And I want to encourage you to lean into the Lord in this moment. Add the rhythm of gathering into your life, and I can truly promise you that it will change your life in its entirety. If you've been blessed by the message, can you celebrate with me? Thank you, Jesus.